and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and Puff's back. Hey, Puff, you're back. Meowdy, how's it going? Oh, Puff, I'm going just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're back, and it's about time to, if you know the words, we must be talking about Dune. Yeah! (laughs) So... Puff, we're back to talk about a bunch of Dune things. Uh, this is the our second discussion on a bunch of Dune things. Wouldn't it have been nice if we talked about Dune Part 2 in our Part 2 discussion? I Dude, think that would have been nice. Yeah, honestly, I'm still, I'm still in mourning of the fact that I have to wait longer for a yeah. thing because CEOs just don't want to pay their actors. Yeah, yeah, it's a real shitty situation. Um, but despite all that, that didn't stop us from duning the last week or so. So yeah, we're here it was to quality talk dune. about that. Yeah, quality dune. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a little backstory, podcast backstory. I think we should get into it. Um, so obviously, one of the things you originally always wanted to talk about with talking about Dune on the podcast was this. Frank Herbert's Dune uh, miniseries. Yeah, I really um, love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was, I, I had never heard of this before you had told me about it. I'm like, I had no idea there was a Dune miniseries. Um, and unbeknownst to me, one day I'm walking through Bull Moose and I go to the VHS section and right there in front of me, they have Frank Herbert's Dune on VHS. Uh just one singular VHS tape. The entire series is on here. And I'm like, hey, sweet. We can watch this and it, we can make it an occasional VHS tape episode. Um, and I remember you had said, like, if you could if I could, like, watch it, like, just in case, you know, before we even do like our little uh, watch party of the Dune miniseries, which was like like months after we had had this conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> You had said, like, oh, if you could, like, watch the VHS tape just in case it's the right thing. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good point. Well, I watched it, and, uh... (laughs) It started. Yeah! Frank Herbert's Dune! This is exciting! So far, this is better than the David Lynch movie. He thinks something's happening. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, this is so exciting. I love Dune. I wish I could see what was going on. Needless to say, it didn't look good. Um, But you know what? This was two months ago. I decided to try it again just in case before we watched, uh, before we did our watch party. And, uh... So yeah, um, 
it didn't it it doesn't work this vhs tape does not work i'm glad you told me ahead this ahead of time like months ago to watch this uh it didn't work so this vhs tape we're not talking about but the good news is i went ahead and bought both dune miniseries that we're talking about today on various dvds uh so yeah first up we have uh the special edition of the dune miniseries frank herbert's dune it's on dvd um so yeah i've pretty much set up everything we need to set up uh puff let's get into the meat and potatoes about this miniseries please take take center stage um how do i put it so this series is how i initially got introduced to dune in general i actually watched this with my dad when i think it was like nine or ten and at the time I fundamentally misunderstood the themes of Dune uh, due to uh, it's a deconstruction of the Messiah trope. And when you're raised fundamentalist Christian, you're just like, oh, Paul's Jesus. And you don't think any uh, you're just like you just take everything he does at face value. But I remember just falling in love with the world and the characters. And like one of my favorite things about it was like the vibes. I think the biggest thing that stuck with me from being a kid watching it to an adult was like all the costumes and outfits, whether it's Irulan's butterfly dress, the Reverend Mother's big fucking hat, like uh, Fade's dumbass little outfit at the end when he's fighting Paul, the fucking triangle. Like (laughs) those are like the things that like really stuck with me about it through the years. Cause I had seen the David Lynch Dune after I watched the miniseries and I did not like the David Lynch one nearly as much because I literally remember going turning to my dad and I was like dad if I had not seen the miniseries I would not have known what the fuck was going on well I didn't say fuck because I was like nine but you know (laughs) (laughs) if I said that I think my dad would have like beat my ass (laughs) But right. yeah, but, and yeah. So, so um I just remember like growing up watching this with like my dad and like uh just and he would also like talk about the books cuz he's read all of them. So mm-hmm. he would like talk about things that were different in the books being like, "Oh, you don't see the navigators," which you don't in not at least in the first Dune, but <laughs> like uh it was just like a good time. So I have like I have, like, this thing when it comes to the Dune miniseries where it's, like, I get why people obsess over the David Lynch Dune because it's so weird, but Mm -hmm. I feel like people really overlook this one, even though it's actually really solid, and it actually, like, won Emmys. Like, it got Emmys for its special effects. It was one of the things that put the sci-fi channel on the map. Oh. Like, it was, like, okay. back when sci-fi actually used to, like, care. Well, actually, sci-fi's been getting better about their content. The Chucky series is very good. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sci-fi was having it rough for a minute there. <laughs> Sharknado and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you recommended this. I'm glad I was able to watch this. Because, um, yeah, I had never heard of this. Like, I was only familiar, as a Dune normie, I was more familiar with Lynch's Dune existing and people hating it and, you know, the recent Villeneuve films. 
Um, so I had never, ever heard of this. Like I genuinely, genuinely, I was being genuine. Like I had no idea this existed until you brought it up. Haha, um, ha, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Big Dune brain. <laughs> yeah. You know, the spice like enhances spice brain functions. And so, yeah. you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And I think even... I think I think even though I've never heard of this, like it's it's kind of a hard series to sell. I feel like because that David Lynch movie was like so notorious that like you know it kind of it might have left people like the Taste of Dune like just kind of bad in people's mouths. Like uh, they just weren't willing to watch this. I mean, because like. I'm looking at the various uh, versions I have of this series, like the DVD and the VHS tape, and they're both like plastering William Hurt's name all over. And even like during the credits, like William Hurt's name was like before the title. And yeah. I just, this is something that like really interests me about this series. The fact that like they're putting all of their marketing into the fact that they have William goddamn Hurt. <laughs> and. Like here's the thing, like that just fascinates me because I'm thinking like, really, William Hurt is your selling point for this series. Like, not that the guy's a bad actor. Like I think he can be good. I'm just saying this is like one of the most random actors to like really <laughs> like push forward to be like, yo, we got William Hurt up in this bitch. It's just like holy shit, man. You've convinced <laughs> me. It's like, it's just so weird because like. When you go beyond that, the series is actually pretty good. Like, I liked it a lot from, like, what I saw. Like, yes, a lot of it is, I don't want to say repetitive is, like, a negative thing. Like, that's just what happens when it comes to adaptations. Like, you're going to recognize, like, similar things and similar scenes. And, like, yeah, there is a lot of scenes in this where I'm like, yes, I've seen this. I know what's happening because I've seen two versions of Dune beforehand. Um, but with that said... I still think this series did some things that really separated it from the other versions that I've seen. Um, like, I mean, we can start off with like, you know, one of the first things I noticed was like the very first scene of this series is the pain box scene, which is not at all how the other two start, you know? Well, actually, no, the, I mean, the Villeneuve like takes a little bit to get to the pain box, but I would still say that's around the beginning. Um, cause it also kind of is the same pacing wise. Actually, does the Herald of the Change happen after the pain box? God, I haven't I, watched it in a while. I, like it, it, it has been a bit, cause like I rewatched the Villeneuve film, like, like a couple days after we recorded our previous episode, just cause, well, that's the day, like I first watched the VHS to check and see if it was good. And I'm like, well, it's not working. I might as well watch something good Dune related. So I watched the Villeneuve film again yeah. and it's great. Like yeah. I freaking loved it. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. Not um, yet. <laughs> not yet, Minion. Not yet. Um, but I will say like, I think that what I mean is like, like the very first scene, like after the intro starts, like after the intro goes through like the credits and stuff, it starts off and Paul and, uh, Lady Jessica are already meeting with like the mother reverend. Like that's like one of the very first scenes. Cause like they, we don't even see Caladan in this series. Um, oh yeah. No, we don't. Whereas like in the other, the other versions I've seen, they start off in Caladan. Sorry. Brain was missing out. But yeah. Um, honestly, I think that was just a budget thing. 
Yeah, the, no, I, I it, yeah, no, yeah. I that's the thing with this movie is like it's not terribly visually, but you can tell they were on a tight budget. But they use that budget to their advantage, like yeah, very much so. It has this absolutely beautiful, campy Y two K sci fi mm. vibe, and yes. if you're if you love that kind of Y two K futurism aesthetic, you're gonna be all over this miniseries because even despite its budget and like the PS one quality CGI, they utilize it very well to where it has this, it it captures the space opera-ness of Dune Mm -hmm. in a way that other adaptations really haven't for me. And it's kind of why it's my favorite, even though I don't think it's the better, like I don't think it's the best adaptation. Yeah. I think that's, that's something I noticed like on a grand scale is like, um, I feel like this is kind of the taking the best aspects of the versions of Dune I've seen thus far and kind of combining them. Like you get the goofiness of the David Lynch film and then you get the seriousness of the Villeneuve film. And this one is kind of a mixture of both because at times it's really goofy, but at times it's also I can take it seriously. I can take the story of Dune seriously. Yeah. Like that's why I consider this like better than the Lynch film because you know, unlike the Lynch film, like I can take this version of Dune seriously, but unlike the Villeneuve film, I can have fun with it, like poking fun at some of like the absurdities of it. Whereas I can't oh, really yeah. do that with Villeneuve. That's not a criticism towards Villeneuve's film. Like that's a movie I'm supposed to take seriously. Whereas here, I can have fun. Where like I'm poking fun at it, like in a way that's like charming. Like because yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like there's shit in this that I lovingly think is just so goofy. Like when uh, you like you see uh, like it zooms out on Dune, and then you hear the Baron Harkonnen talking, and then you suddenly see his fucking face, <laughs> and then it just starts fading slowly into it's like it is so corny and cheesy, but it, yeah. I love it, especially with like Ian McNeese as the Baron Harkonnen. Like he's my favorite Baron Harkonnen. He's like oh yeah. He's like maniacal, but he and like, but like in a cartoon villainy way, like, but not in like a bad way, as in like, he can still be like super menacing, but he has like, you can tell he has this like absolute joy with like the pain that he brings. And like, that's just so entertaining and fun to watch. Oh, yeah. No, the the Baron Harkonnen in this series is very much like he he's a very he's very much like what the series is about. Like he's this really odd goofball at times, but like, he is also very menacing. Like, cause he's smart. Like you were saying in the last episode, like the Baron Harkonnen is a laughably goofy villain at times, but he's also incredibly smart because, you know, he's the leader of this yeah, race like, of people th- that's kind of fucked up. Like, you yeah, know. no, he literally like, like, the thing about him is, like, he's literally just hedonistic and mm-hmm. does not give a shit. And so I don't, like, while I like the Villeneuve one, I don't feel like he, how do I put it? He's not having enough fun. No, definitely for, not. Not, I mean, not for a, a hedonist yeah. would be having way more fun than what the Baron Harkonnen is doing in mm. uh, the Villeneuve Dune. And I feel like Ian McNeese strikes that nice balance. 
I think so too. Yeah. I will say I like Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron Harkonnen. It is kind of hard to judge him because like we didn't really get enough scenes of him in the first Villeneuve film. What we got were good, but you're right. Like they're not entertainingly funny. Like, I don't know when I think the Baron Harkonnen and he's like this fat guy just like floating around a room, like you kind of have to view that with like a sense of humor at times. Like you can have, moments of seriousness where you're taking his threat seriously like that's what this series does really well like i think the baron is like such a fascinating villain because he is very smart but he's also wearing a thong or like that weird like <laughs> like fucking snm uh outfit later on in the in the film where like you know you can see like his stomach i didn't know if that was his tit or his stomach like i was very <laughs> confused but like that's the the joys of having this character he's this gross fucking fatso but like he's still able to carry out a plan that totally wrecks the atreides like that's that that's the genius of baron harkonnen i'm realizing through and i feel like this series really shows what the harkonnen you want to see like you personally want to see because like the way you were describing him last episode i'm like trying to think like oh how would you do that this series does that that's yes, how it does it exactly like oh god he is literally like the highlight of the entire series for me yeah, yeah. like everyone everyone does a good job i really love uh the lady jessica mm-hmm. um i really love her actress she does such a good job with her alec newman like he's grown on me i i still Mm -hmm. prefer timothy chalamet but when i first watched uh, when i first watched it like more regularly uh i was just like wow they made paul like luke skywalker and or like Mm. like, and like there's like this one line where he's like responsibility i responsibility for breakfast lunch and dinner or something like that which is not in the book and i'm just like but ma but uncle owen i want to go i was gonna go to takashi station to get the power converters <laughs> <laughs> like, like like it gave off that vibe to me <laughs> yeah 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 but, let's but talk about like, paul yeah i feel like i feel like this is an important character you have to get right um and what i like about this paul is he definitely feels the most out of all the pauls i've seen thus far that being kyle mclaughlin timothy chalamet and now yes uh alec newman I feel like he has a little bit more agency in the story, or at least I feel like he has more agency in the story. Again, Timothy Chalamet does a great job too. I feel like he definitely gets the whole like, uh, I'm the son of a Bene Gesserit witch and the leader of a nation. Just like definitely getting like the, the anxiety that comes with that. He definitely gets that right. But I feel like this Paul in this series gets it right that like, you know, like i especially love after the pain box scene he's like really pissed at lady jessica like in any like in previous installments paul doesn't say anything to lady jessica after he's just had like his hand like burn uh, in like this pain box whereas like in this one he's just like what the fuck mom like geez and he just storms out of the room like it's a little scene but like i feel like that kind of adds to this person being a person you know Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Well, there's some characterizations of this Paul that I don't particularly like. For instance, mm. like, um, you talk about his agency, and I think, like, there's some moments of the agency that works, but I think in some moments it seems like he's almost too capable because he's still, like, su- oh, yeah. supposed to be a young guy. 
So yes. he has like naivety and shit like that. And I feel like there wasn't as much of that in this series. But also, like, Alec Newman doesn't like, how do I put it? Because Paul in the books is supposed to be 15. Yes. Alec Newman looks like he's like at least in his early 20s. Yes. Um, definitely. So, like, there's kind of, well, Timothy Chalamet kind of has this like ageless look to him. Like, he's mm-hmm. both, like, he looks both young and, like, adult. So, mm-hmm. like, it works. So, having the naivety with, like, Timothy Chalamet is, like, it works. Well, with Alec Newman, I don't think he could have pulled it off. So, I feel like it was kind of necessary. Yeah, definitely. And I do feel like, not, and I do feel like what maybe, like, kind of makes this Paul a little weaker than Timothy Chalamet for me is that his performance doesn't really keep getting better as the series goes on it doesn't get like bad but like there's some scenes later on in the in the episodes where i'm like i I really would have preferred if he did like a different take on that like there's a scene where like he shows lady jessica that he has like his awareness powers now and it's like i don't know just like during that whole scene that was just kind of he was kind of saying his lines a little weirdly that like i couldn't really take him seriously You, you remember that scene yeah i know what you're talking about yeah, it's, it was just kind of a weird take. I, I don't know. It, it, I, it was just it was kind of a weird scene to begin with because, like, you know, Dune can be a little heady at times, as we'll get into Children of Dune. But, like, I, I don't know. I feel like he could have performed that a little better. But not to say that he was bad. Like, yeah, you know, he he is my second favorite Paul thus far, which, you know, that's still pretty good. Yeah, like, I think well, for a lot of the acting in this, it's just because it's TV acting from the 2000s. Yes, so you can't, much. like, go into it with the expect- expectations of, like, because Timothy Chalamet is such a good actor. Like, Yeah, definitely. Um, but I do, I do think that, um, how do I put it? Paul doesn't feel like he grows sometimes no. in this. Yeah, like, he kind of just definitely. stays the same. Yeah. Um, which it, it works. It's fine, but mm-hmm. like, um, you kind of want your main character to change over the course. So yeah. That, like, you know, you see why the story's being told. Um. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, like I mean, they do a good job regardless. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah. um, I will say, um, I feel like this movie. Not this movie. I will say this series does have thus far my least favorite Duncan Idaho. Um, just because he doesn't really do anything. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he's tied with the Lynch film. I'll say that. Like, thus far, I would say my favorite Duncan Idaho is Jason Momoa. But again, we'll talk about that when we get to that. Yeah, um, like... I feel like Duncan Idaho just really gets brushed over in both of these adaptations despite getting added in later. And especially, I I feel like in regards to the miniseries, I don't think they expected to make a sequel miniseries, and that's kind of why they brushed over him. But then the other one was so successful, they were like, okay, you know what, fuck it, Let's, let's make another one. Yeah, and that's kind of an issue because he plays a big part in the next series, but yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get um, to it when we get to it. I will say, though, I definitely liked this Princess Arulan. Oh, um, yeah, she one. is... Honestly, like, I feel like one of my... I remember actually being low-key mad because when I originally watched the Villain of Dune, I, my context was mainly with the miniseries. 
Sure. So not seeing Irulan and not realizing that she played like not that big of a role in the book. I was like, where is she? Where's my girl? Because I always I loved her as a kid. I kind of mm-hmm. had a crush on her. Like, mm-hmm. um, I really loved like she just like was like so cool in this one. Like just trying to like figure out what her dad is doing. Yeah. I liked that she had a bit more perspective in this one. Like, we actually got to follow along with her, as opposed to not at all in the Lynch film. We're like, but yet she's still the narrator. Like, why why is she the one telling the story? Like, here it would make a lot more sense. I'm pretty sure she is, like, kind of the narrator of this series. Am I right? Yeah, basically. Uh, At least for, like, the uh, first couple, or for the first book, she is. Mm Mm-hmm. The second book, I think, um, it has quotes from various different, like, sources. But um, I I feel like it really works, especially uh, because they add something where she actually meets Paul. And that really helps, like, cement why she's, like, so obsessed with Paul. Like, because she met him before, like, everything happened. Yeah, exactly. And... Why she like writes books about him and shit like because she's just like trying to figure out like what happened to put it all down. And I just think that's really like I like what they added with that. I really do. I like the scene of Paul and Arulon like talking at that dinner party in the first episode. Like, yeah, it's a nice scene. And I kind of wish they had kept that do you ever get that feeling when you watch things that have like different adaptations and you go there's something from a previous adaptation that you really liked that you wish they had kept in the in the next adaptation i i do that for uh like hunter x hunter and i really do that for some of the scenes of this and dune like oh my god yeah i mean it, it it's hard to judge adaptations uh, is something I've realized with this, especially with the series we've been watching like all week. Like, yes, I like this version of Dune, but I can't really say it's like uh, I, I don't know if it's like that accurate. It like, actually, I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. It you know? is. Like, it is pretty accurate. If anything, it kind of tones down on the themes a bit. Mm-hmm. But there's not they don't really change anything other than Irulan. Um right. they tend to focus really well on like important things. Uh so while maybe like a lot of like the internal conflict within Paul over his actions uh causing a jihad uh isn't really there and it's just mainly mm-hmm. kind of like following from like how do I put it? Less of, like, a POV and more of, like, from the outside. I think I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, so. like it's, not, it's, not, it's not following a lot of the internal stuff. And right. a lot of, like, the meat and bones of, like, that deconstruction kind of happens in Paul's thoughts. Right. And I think that's part of why they struggle so hard with Messiah. Yeah. which we'll get to which we'll get to later yeah Um, i think what this series does though even though it's not like very blatant with the whole like uh deconstruction of the messiah it still 
doesn't straight up go for the Lynch version where it's just like, no, he's the Messiah. And yeah, awesome. we're going to we're going to make it rain. <laughs> we're going to make it rain on the desert planet. Like because there's no rain in this one. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's like some scenes of Paul where like you you as an audience member are like, oh, he's kind of a jerk. Like at times, like it's not full on where like you start to hate Paul, but like you start to like get a little weirded out by like his decision making and you're like oh wait a minute he's a character like and i feel like that's a lot better like i'd rather a character you know have moments of moments where i'm like kind of like judging him a little where i'm just like oh i don't know if i really agree with that i'm but i I mean yeah I i don't know if i'm making it up but i'm pretty sure there was a scene early on where like they're like I think it's like one of the first like in the first episode where they're like looking at like the plants like in that in in their uh in their house and he's just like oh wouldn't do I'm pretty sure he was like wouldn't do and be a lot better if it was like a lot greener or something like that and I feel like the and the series doesn't really like dive into that but it kind of like plants the seeds of like later on of like you know Paul kind of not really understanding his power you know like and the consequences of his actions you know yeah i i feel like you kind of got that scene a little mixed up because uh the scene that they show in this one is with the lady jessica in the green room in the green room like in with all the or in the garden with all the plants Mm-hmm. And in that, she's just like, oh, it's beautiful. This, like, let everybody be able to come into here and be able to view the plants. Like, we will keep right. it in steward. Um, and uh, when it comes to the greener thing, I think that's like, are you, t- they talk about the terraforming in the water chamber in the CH with Shawnee. Okay. Okay. Um, that's then maybe that's the scene yeah but that's like also like like, the goal but that's also like the goal of the fremen is to slowly terraform dune mm -hmm. into a um planet that is more uh hospitable yeah but uh it ends up being a double-edged sword for the fremen as we'll find out in the later books but we'll again get to that when we get to that Right exactly. now, we talk about the the first one. <laughs> yeah, um, I will also say like uh, this is also the series where like we, you were talking about in the last episode about um the scene of like the Fremen maid like selling the water to yeah. like, other Fremen, and like when I saw that, I got really excited because I'm like, ah, oh, world building, finally, thank you. Like, and that's the thing, like this is probably the first Dune adaptation where it feels like, you know, yeah. there's people on this planet. Like, there's an actual culture here. Like, because in previous, in the previous stuff that I've seen of Dune, you know, the Fremen are on the planet, but they're relegated to, like, in the caves and, like, you know, as, like, the rebellion, sort so to speak. Like, you know, they're kind of like that, gen- th- not generic, because, like, I do like the fremen that we've seen in villeneuve but like you know in the the lynch film like you know they were kind of like this generic like underground like rebellion yeah but like you're like where do they live in the caves like here they have like structures and like houses and stuff like that like that is really cool well Um, i mean the fremen aren't necessarily like the people who live in the cities it is specifically to the people in like the sieges and shit but right 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 right. but um 
when it comes to like the people who live in the city, like they are still like, you know, it's like, like they still have their own stories to tell and they do focus yeah. on like how scarce water is and shit like that. And especially because you also because they because I think they do have the water selling scene in the Villeneuve Dune, but they don't have it where um, the the people are like washing their hands and then splashing it on the floor and then they collect it up with a rag. Yeah, Um, I think. And they also don't have like. Well, honestly, they changed the dinner scene in this uh, to make room mm-hmm. for Irulan. There was in the um, in the book, it's kind of more Paul provoking some merchants. Um, and I don't remember the details, but it is actually pretty interesting. And I'm I'm sad that it was kept from the Villeneuve Dune. Like, Honestly, like the more I think of the Villeneuve Dune, it's like I get why he wanted it in theaters, but god damn it, you should have done the miniseries. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of the thing with Dune, as we were realizing. Like, there's a lot to Dune, and yeah. as you kept explaining, because like every and I mean we'll get to it with the Children of Dune miniseries, but like every time like something was happening, I would like turn to you, Puff, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And like you would explain like how it's more explained better in the book, and it's like, well, yeah, because. Dune is such an enriching and so there's just so much to the universe that like it is kind of hard to just like, you know, relegate it to the world of visual media because like there's so much you have to do to get this onto the screen. Like even as a miniseries, like there were things that were like changed and like left out. Like in the miniseries, they leave out the scene where like Paul and Jessica are like on the ship and Paul has to use the voice to like uh uh hypnotize the uh soldiers and get le- like helping them to escape like they cut that like we just cut to them out in the in the desert and all of a sudden they're just like out in the desert um which I feel like that would have been a great character moment I feel like you know that's a moment where like Paul is supposed to show that like he's kind of learning this new uh this new ability you know, he's not perfect at it, but like, you know, it kind of adds a little bit of pressure because he has to do something to like further save them. Like, I feel like that that's a great scene, but this yeah. doesn't have that. Um, uh, yeah. I also feel that way just towards like the whole fall of a house of trades in general, because it mm-hmm. actually it's like a slow creep in the book. And it, right. it really it, you get more and more anxious because you're just because you know what's going to happen. You just mm-hmm. don't know when. And I yeah. feel like in every adaptation, it still feels kind of rushed. Yes, definitely. And, and again, like, like but the... it's like that's what you got to do what you got to do in regards mm-hmm. to like pacing. And a lot of the stuff that does happen doesn't over like doesn't overall affect the plot it's just like more interesting character moments a lot of it actually focuses on ua and his like growing anxiety and guilt for betraying uh the atreides Mm -hmm. so it's like it's not even just like the oh you know that they're gonna betray you it's like you know who's betraying them yeah like and it's it's like it's really tense, and I really like that about the book. Yeah. Uh, but I also yeah. don't think like there's ever going to be another adaptation after the Villeneuve one. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty. It's going to be pretty rare to see that. I mean, but that's the thing is like that's one thing I realized like over the past week after like duning so hard. Like you know, the 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 it's difficult to really judge adaptations. Like I'm glad you're coming at it as from the perspective of you're a huge fan of the book, you're a huge fan of Dune. So like you are judging these as like adaptations. You're judging them as like, yeah, what do they get right? What do they get wrong? And me, I'm judging it as like, all right, what is it establishing? Like, like as its own thing, like, like within a vacuum, I'm watching the Dune miniseries within a vacuum. Like some things I'll compare because I have seen the Lynch film and the Villeneuve film. Um, but mostly i'm judging it in a vacuum because i'm not the biggest dune head like yeah. i don't i i'm still getting things wrong like that's the thing is like there's so much to this universe i still get facts wrong um <laughs> it's okay sometimes i do too like yeah <laughs> like sometimes things just kind of like blur because there's like so much getting crammed into your brain but yeah. like yeah it's like really re rich and deep and honestly uh when it comes to me i've actually started changing the way that i view adaptations because mm -hmm. of uh, I've been really obsessed with Hunter x Hunter uh, for everybody on the podcast recently and I've been I so I've watched both versions of it and watching 1999 like the stuff that they add like that wasn't in the manga like sometimes it was just like okay but sometimes it like made character moments hit all that harder mm. in ways that you couldn't really get away with in a manga because of like, well, you're doing it on tight deadlines. You only have a certain amount of pages, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I kind of like, and then watching the 2011 version after watching that version, 1999, where it feels like they kind of put kid gloves on the manga in some ways. Mm. I was just like, it changed my perspective on what an adaptation should do. I used to yeah. think that, like, if it if it followed it to a fault, like if it like it's fine, it's a perfect adaptation, or it like maybe occasional things for pacing or like just to make it fit better to screen. But you know, if it's uh, how do you put it? But if it's perfectly like the book, that's it's perfect. And now I'm like. I don't, I think like that kind of stuff is fine and it still would be a good adaptation regardless. I think a great adaptation is when it takes that source material and elevates it. Yeah. And I do think that, um, while they don't, uh, while they don't do it in the writing way, I do feel like the miniseries and the villain news uh movie do elevate it visually with the different vibes and interpretations mm -hmm. that they have so like there's like i think the thing i love the most about all the dune adaptations is there's a flavor of dune for everyone yes um and um so even though i don't like the lynch one like it's like i just i do appreciate its existence like yeah just to, like I don't know, adaptations are hard to judge because uh, it's just like what makes a good adaptation just really depends on what they do with it. Like yeah. at the end of the day, exactly. It, yeah. But yeah, sorry. I, 
No, I was just going to say, like, I feel like the movie that kind of changed my perception on adaptation was The Shining, like Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, like, yeah, because it's like I've nothing said, like the book, right? Yeah, I've said I've said before, it's nothing like the book, but like, I still love the movie because it's just a genuinely great movie. Um, you know, and that not to say that, like, oh, you have to be completely different because like, at what point is it like the thing you're adapting anymore? Yeah, but, like, like Blade Runner. Yeah, but like, does that matter? Because yeah, Blade Runner is nothing like. Do you dream of Electric Sheep? But like, it's still Blade Runner. Like, it's still yeah. fucking excellent. Like, I don't know. It it really just depends on what you're watching. Um, I feel like, like again, like I can't judge this miniseries as an adaptation. I can only judge it as a miniseries. And despite all that, I was still hooked. I was still intrigued with where it was going. I knew a little bit where it was going because I know the story of Dune a little bit, but like I was still entertained nonetheless because the acting was good. The effects were uh, creative. Like it wasn't just CGI. Like, you know, there was that worm puppet at one point. There was that little like stop motion mouse thing that we were so hooked on. We thought that was the coolest thing. Um, just the costume design in general can we please talk about the funny hats like Like, i I was actually about to talk about uh the uv contact lenses for the fremen's eyes because what they did is they uh had all the fremen wear these like reflective contact lenses and so Mm -hmm. it gave them their eyes this ethereal blue glow to it yes and so some and depending on the lighting and that just like i love that i don't know why they didn't keep that aesthetic for any other like even for the sequel miniseries they stopped doing it they did stop doing it. and it's like what the hell that was like one of the coolest effects in the entire series like that is what the fremen look like to me like like what do you mean i don't get my glowing blue eyes and funny hats (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. I think these are my favorite. This is my favorite version of the glowing blue eyes. And like, yeah, the funny hats are plentiful in this in this series. Like every every other scene, there was an even funnier looking hat. And it there was there was no no two hats were ever alike. And like, honestly, like people make fun of them. Honestly, I think they kind of serve cunt. Like they're oh my God, like they do. Like <laughs> they like like it's like if you saw someone wearing it out in the wild like you would probably be like oh my god that's such a funny hat but in like the world of it it just adds to like the vibes like this just like i don't know how to like it's so it's there's something about like how goofy y2k sci-fi aesthetics were Mm -hmm. that i just I just adore. I just really yeah. like I think it looks cool even though it's like like yeah it's a little silly but like also like it looks cool shit. I don't care. It does. Yeah. Like, and it looks fake. Like and that's the the little issue with the CGI is like it yeah it looks fake but like the design of it is still cool. Like, like I mean honestly like even like when it looks fake like when everything else looks equally as fake it just feels like a design choice and not like yeah, a definitely. uh limitation like like even if like for like how do I put it? You you know how like uh, fuck. You know, like the Lake Michigan monster and how it has its specific aesthetics and oh, utilizes yeah. like, its low budget to like yeah. have a very good, solid vibe that you just don't even really notice it. I feel like right. Dune kind of does the same thing where it's like, you know, it has like not the biggest budget, but it like makes everything so seamless mm-hmm. that you don't really know, like you don't really care. It just looks like a stylistic choice. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's the same reason why I've never truly hated the Star Wars prequels. I can agree the CGI in those movies are terrible, but like at least the design of everything looks cool. Like, and it's the same thing here. Like the design of everything is so well thought out and so cool looking that even when it looks fake, I don't really care. Like, of course it looks fake. It's CGI. Like, I'm not stupid. I know they didn't actually go to space to film Dune. Like, you know, like... What it, do you it's... mean Arrakis isn't a real planet? <laughs> I'm sorry, Puff. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. Next but, you're going to uh... tell me Santa Claus isn't real. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a really cool looking series. Like, it's just... And I feel like that's kind of a... That, that that's something that it really needed to get right and i feel like it definitely got that right because it didn't feel like it was copying david lynch's dune if anything like i really feel like this version of dune because like, you, you ever get that feeling whenever you watch like an adaptation like it feels like it's trying to it it has that aura around it where it feels like it's trying to correct a version that previously came out I don't feel that here. I don't feel like this version like even acknowledges the Lynch film. Like honestly, I feel like, like it kind of does because, like for instance, like the scene with the navigator, which isn't in the book, that's something that was taken from the Dune, uh, from the Lynch Dune. Like it's okay. finger. I think it's the Lynch Dune's fingerprints are there where they took mm. what they liked from like the, from the David Lynch Dune. And then built upon it in their own way. But I feel like the difference between this Dune and the other and the Lynch Dune is I feel like the people who at least like wrote and directed it like really, really loved Dune. Yeah, I definitely get. Yeah, you definitely feel like John Harrison understands the source material more than David Lynch. Yeah, like there's like. You can tell when when in a when like an adaptation is made by someone who loves it, like, yes. and the, I feel like this Dune especially especially just like has that vibe. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Is there anything else we have to say about uh, this Dune miniseries? I want to talk about Alia. Like, I just love. Okay, I just yeah. her. I, I just love her in the series. She's just like, like she's still like a kid like Mm -hmm. and she has her like child acting but i feel like she like she was less annoying (laughs) this one at least sounds like a child yeah it doesn't sound like a 40 year old woman putting on a child's voice like this one sounds like a child because they didn't dub her over (laughs) like yeah it's a little unconvincing because it is a child but like it's not I'd, i'd rather it be the child giving me the a uh, distracting performance than an an unconvincing child actress on top of an unconvincing dub, you know? Like, yeah, and honestly, when it comes to Alia at that point, uh, she she does still sound like a child. She just speaks right. like an adult, so she'll have like that little childish like lisp or whatever. Yeah. And but she'll Which be talking ca- like an adult and like making yeah. occasionally like I, I remember in the book occasionally sometimes she cracks dirty jokes and it freaks everybody out. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of a hard thing to do to, you know, get out of a child actress. Like, no matter how good child actors are, once in a blue moon, you'll get one so convincing. But, like, again, once in a blue moon, like, it is incredibly rare of them to, like, really pull in, like, a an amazing performance. I mean, you can't really expect that from someone so young and, like, 
like you you just can't accept that like yeah you, you can't expect that um but yeah no what they do with alia i like this more than the last one uh just because yeah it's they don't do a whole ton but like i feel i feel like this is like she she plays the part well yeah what she has to do in the first dune well book. obviously yeah, she, plays she a bigger doesn't role in the yeah, later ones she plays a bigger role in later ones this one she's just kind of here being silly but i love weird creepy kids like yeah. the, those are like one of my favorite tropes yeah yeah and i like i like this version well i don't know you know what even though i know the lynch film made up the part where like baron harkonnen dies from the gom jabbar and then he like and he, gets, he gets into a worm. He into my I kind of missed that just because that was really funny, but like I, they were they were playing it more serious with this one were, though, so like I, I don't blame I them. Yeah, and besides, he was spinning around anyways. So it was funny. Sure. Yeah. No, it was funny enough, but it ain't no worm eating. Like, uh, yeah. but yeah, different strokes for different folks. I get it. All right. I think in regards to the mini series, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Well, the I mean, first one. there is a lot to say. Because there's a lot going on in the series, because it's a mini series. It's like 295 minutes long. Um, yeah. But it, it is kind of a lot, and I've only seen it once. So, like, you know, I've only. It's hard for me to really grasp onto every little thing it does. But I'm satisfied with what I saw. I really liked it. I liked it a lot more than I was expecting. I mean, I had. No I, idea I was actually, I was actually scared you weren't going to like it for some reason. <laughs> like the thing is, okay, you guys need to understand. I've been obsessed with this mini series. This is probably like I think the fourth time I've watched it this year. Right. So like, this year. <laughs> yeah, this year I watched this mini series a lot. Like, yeah. just because I, it's. It's like a comfort show. Like it's something I can put mm. on in the background and work on things with because I'm so used to this version of the story that it's like perfect for if I'm like yeah. trying to like I need something in the background, but I I don't want to fully focus on it. Right. Like exactly. I've so I've actually like and I've also started it more than four times. <laughs> <laughs> like uh but then not finishing it because like oh i'm finished with what i'm working on yeah, exactly. <laughs> like so like i uh, i really i really love the city series but i was like oh maybe they won't like it maybe it's too cheesy maybe they can't take it seriously and i'm like <laughs> i don't know why i thought that because you of all people would be the person to appreciate it like yeah. <laughs> but like i was like genuinely like nervous because uh nobody else uh like around me had ever seen it and my girlfriend thought it was mid so like <laughs> well that's the that's the frustrating thing with it is like you know it's not that popular of a miniseries sure it was like it won emmys in its day and like obviously yeah. people watched it if they're gonna put it on a special edition dvd and vhs um but you know it I got feel forgotten like and i think part forgotten. of it is because David Lynch Dune gets to go on on streaming services while uh, mm. this Dune has. Uh, it, you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, It'll you be can. censored, and the subtitles will be in a different language when they're speaking Chikopsa. But like, they yeah. literally like. It's nowhere to be found. I yeah. tried looking for it. The fact that I found a DVD of it at Bull Moose is kind of a miracle. Um, yeah, but like, like I mean, there's like Blu-rays on Amazon, and I plan on getting yeah. them eventually for both right. series. Even though Children of Dune miniseries <laughs> has pissed me off so bad now, um, but like I, how do I put? It? I just feel like this one just 
people forgot about it because it's not as mm-hmm. disastrously bad as the Lynch Dune. Right. And it but it's that doesn't it also doesn't have the prestige of the Villeneuve film. And yeah. I feel like thanks to the Villeneuve film, whether I, I'm I'm sure it was unintentional, but like now that the Villeneuve film is out, I feel like people are gonna remember this one even less. Yeah, because, because it's like now we have a better adaptation yeah. than this one. And I, I don't want this one to be forgotten. I really no. I really love and treasure this series as the reason that I fell in love with Dune. And I think that it does a lot of really good things. But I think for me, if anything, I I actually disagree. Like, I think like it will be forgotten for a bit, but I feel like when people find it again, Mm -hmm. yes, when people find it again, they're going to appreciate it and love it more because Mm -hmm. we have a better adaptation that's mm-hmm. like kind of well, I feel like towards like the Percy, the first Percy Jackson, like Lightning Thief, is I mm-hmm. feel like people are gonna love it ironically once the uh, once the Disney Plus series comes out. Yeah, like we're I, gonna think it's like, oh, wasn't this so silly? And we're not gonna hate it as much. We're just gonna think, oh wow, do remember when? Okay, honestly though, like uh, Percy, like looking into the back of his iPod Touch to fight Medusa was like. So good. I hope they keep something similar to that in in the uh in the series on Disney right. Plus because dude, like that that image is Percy Jackson <laughs> to me. Like that is the if I had to describe the Percy Jackson series in one image, it would be that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like it, like I feel like um when it comes to every like adaptation, there's always gonna be like diehard fans of a specific version and they're sure. going to be the ones to like keep it in the memory. And that's, that's me. I, I will spread the uh, word of the Dune miniseries to as many people as I can because oh, yeah. God damn it. It's good. You should watch it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think a lot of people, a lot more people should be watching this. Um, Obviously not on the occasional VHS tape that I have on it. I'm throwing this into the trash cause it don't work no more. Um, but this DVD, the special edition DVD I'm keeping, cause like, I want to watch this series again someday, like to yeah. really like kind of give, like give it a little more time to like really sink in, like, really absorb the world it's going for. Yeah. I think you um, actually have the exact same special edition DVD that my dad has. I might. Yeah. It's the three disc DVD yeah. set from Artisan. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one my dad has. Wow, that, yeah. So cool. like, uh, yeah, it's just really funny. Well, to all the people listening, please find Frank Herbert's Dune somewhere, anywhere. Please, if it's not, if it's, if this, if you're listening to this ten years from now and YouTube took it down, or YouTube doesn't exist anymore, whichever one comes first, like, please just find it somewhere. Just watch it somewhere. Like, we can't sing this this series praises enough. Like, it needs to be seen, whether or not you actually like it. I mean that just comes with personal you know, taste. Of, that like, comes with personal honestly. taste, but that's the risk of watching new things. Is like you're not always gonna love things that you watch for the first time. But you know, I'm willing to watch this again, even though I really liked it. I still want to see it again. Um, and yeah, no, I just I highly recommend it. Um, and it's another good addition to the collection for sure. Hell yeah! I will probably end up watching it another time before this year ends, <laughs> yeah. knowing my ass. Yeah. It's like it's like I, I've actually recently been like, oh shit, the Villeneuve, uh, the Villeneuve one is on Netflix. I should actually watch that Dune, and then I'm like, but 
Dune miniseries. <laughs> the Secret Dune miniseries, yeah. Well, I also recommend, uh, even though we haven't talked about the, the Villeneuve movie The Villeneuve yet, one's good. It's good. <laughs> so it's right. good, yeah. I it's recommend just like, that one, too. It's like, I think the Villeneuve is the better adaptation, but right. the miniseries is my favorite. I will, I will yes. always, I will always treasure it. Like, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Now the Children um, of Dune miniseries, on the other hand. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I was, I was, I was very curious uh, with both these series. I was like, I have no idea what to expect with these. You were saying this, the Frank Herbert's Dune was the better one. Children of Dune was fine. Like it had its yeah. moments, but it was fine. You lied to me. I, I like I, I actually think I gaslit myself. I actually think I gaslit myself into that. Like, cause I think I was just so happy that someone even attempted to adapt it. And also when I watched it, I had not read the books. Mm. So I was just like going off of a plot summary I had watched on YouTube and a dream. And so when I was watching it, I was like, man, the I, I, the aesthetics really dipped, but you know, it's fine, it's fine. And then I'm watching it with you guys and you're like, puff, puff, what the fuck's going on? And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> after reading the book, like, bitch, I don't know what the fuck's going on either. Why are they adding all this shit with like fucking Lano the second visions in the new metal music video? Like, <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? Why are you adding yeah. like, uh, fuck, what? I forget her name, but Princess Irulan's sister in this early. Yeah, she's part of the conspiracy, but she doesn't play a big role until like later in the actual Children of Dune book. And you're right. putting her into the Dune Messiah scene and you're getting rid of like all the scenes that like break down like the fact that Paul is like fucking losing his mind because he's realizing like the shit that he's put the universe through due to his actions and actually <laughs> doubting like the path that he started and yeah. it's like no we're just gonna like kind of give you some uh random clips of like the things that happen and none of the introspection from Paul like they don't like they don't explain things really well. I really hate the fact that, like, dude, like, fucking, like, the Duncan Idaho Gola. Uh, first mm. of all, that bitch has metal eyes. <laughs> like, they didn't, I, I forgot about that when I was, like, um, watching the series. But mm. I was, like, I was going through a summary to, like, refresh my memory because I've only read through the book once. And, um, yeah, he has metal eyes that, like... So they 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 nerfed that. They nerfed mm -hmm. the fucking uh, glowing UV uh, contact lens from an eyes. They're just like CG'd on now. Cringe. They and they, they nerf don't the funny hats. They nerfed the funny hats. There's like outfits that Alia wears that like look like she's a Forever Twenty One model. <laughs> like I I like it's like oh my god. And then the oh god the music is such a downgrade too. Oh my oh, god. The music like the is thing is like downgrade. okay listen like Brian Tyler is fine like the Mario movie yeah. soundtrack bangs but it does like not it. the 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 soundtrack that he made for Children of Dune just does not fit at all. Oh like, yeah, we were talking about that. How like it does not sound like a Dune soundtrack. Like if it was for like a medieval like castle film, like yeah, this would be pretty good. Cause like that uh, song that plays whenever they're like, you know, they have the camera flying over like the giant castle. You're just like, oh, this is pretty good. It just doesn't match. Yeah, it does the not Dune match aesthetic. the vibes. Yeah. No. Yeah. So Children of Dune. Well, first of all, that title is a fucking lie. Um, not only is this not an adaptation of Children of Dune, it's an well, adaptation it, of Children of Dune and, and Dune, Dune Messiah. Messiah. 
And um, the first episode focuses on Dune Messiah and then the other two adapt children of Dune. But then it's not about the children of Dune because it's mostly about Alia, but she's not a child anymore. But it's but then it's also sort of about the twins of uh like Paul's twin twin daughter and son, but they're not children. They're obviously in their twenties. Yeah, like, that's not everything the case about this title book. is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in in the book, uh, uh, Leto the second and Gamina are both nine, which yeah. makes things a lot more a lot more sad, especially in regards to Leto the second. But like, also just like in general, like. They constantly get treated like children, and but they're mm-hmm. also like Alia in the sense that they act like adults and have adult memories and shit like that, despite sure. being children. Yeah. Uh, they, but yeah, let's talk about Doom, the Doom Messiah episodes first, though, because sure. yeah, because because they come first, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, when it comes to Dune Messiah, uh. I don't know if I should like just give a plot summary, so I'm not going to do that. But yeah. basically, when it comes to like Dune Messiah, it basically follows like what happens after Paul becomes Emperor of the Galaxy, and basically what ends up happening is he has like this sort of religious fascism going on, mm-hmm. where um, basically non-believers in Paul's like divinity basically get like killed. Like, and so there's like, and they like literally go to war with a bunch of different planets and all while all that's happening, like they're starting to terraform Dune and Mm -hmm. it's causing effects on the ecological environment as well as Fremen culture because, uh, Fremen culture starts to like die as people get more comfortable and more, what is the term? Water fat. Um, so like. There, I remember there's like this part in the book where they start, uh, where there's a character who's talking about like how, uh, kids these days will be walking around with their still suits, not like, like fully on to be more fashionable, or how like, uh, there's like cosmetics, there's like a weird thing, a fashion trend where it's like mm-hmm. people wear still suits, but they're not like functional still suits, it's just like right. for aesthetics. Right, exactly. like on other planets, and like it's like I really like when it went into the shit like that, like showing like the effects of like what Paul did onto everyone. That it wasn't like a good thing. They cut out a scene where he talks to Stilgar about human history and talks about like about Paul talks about like how all the people he's killed has outnumbered even Hitler <laughs> and Genghis Khan. And, like, it's, like, dude, like, they cut out all these, like, interesting scenes for, like, scenes that don't even happen until the next book. And you could have probably fit them in to the other episodes if you would just, like, pace things better. My biggest issue with this whole series is they focus. It's what they did with, like, the David Lynch Dune. Where they focused on all the wrong things, getting rid of the meat and bones of like what made those books so good. Uh, like right. there is like a scene that they just completely breeze through with the trial of like one of the traitors, and mm. like that scene goes crazy, but they cut it out. It's just like in this weird montage of like 
all these people getting fucking assassinated while like the happiest music is playing, like the most triumphant <laughs> fucking music. And you're I'm just like, what the fuck is going what the tone is so yeah. weird. What like like I feel like children of Dune should be like one of those like like if they have like an editing class, like here's like what music can do to a scene. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, see how, like, music can absolutely make or break a scene in terms of, like, its tone. Like, because, Jesus, it's so fucking... Well, the music is so weird. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, what did you want to say about the Dune Messiah Saga? Like, um, Well, so everything you're describing of, like, what Dune Messiah is supposed to be, like, sounds interesting. Like, the fact that this guy who was the main character of the last series is kind of an awful person now. Like, the fact that he's, like, this fascist. Like, imagine, like, Luke Skywalker becoming essentially the next Darth Vader. Like, that's fucking terrifying. But that sounds interesting. Yeah. But only if it's actually interesting if the series like actually takes time to like really like show the effects that takes on one's character and this doesn't do that at all like yeah i'm like watching it the whole time and i'm like i'm confused why does everybody hate paul now like what is happening like why should i care (laughs) you know yeah like it really doesn't do a good job at, at all and like the whole thing with paul like uh there's like a frank herbert quote where he talks about how uh charismatic leaders are incredibly dangerous and how he believed the most dangerous uh president was john f kennedy because he was so charismatic and likable and everybody loved him and then we ended up in vietnam while the most useful president in american history was nixon because he taught people to not trust the government like uh he's so real for that actually like, yeah. unironically, like, when you see, like, I feel like Dune, and part of why I'm so obsessed with it is because it's so, it's so timely. Yeah. It is, so. it is unfortunate how it is still timely, considering that it was written in the 60s and 70s, but mm-hmm. it is timely nonetheless, and yeah, it really, like, shows how people get swept up into fanaticism and how we should like always question like authority and yeah. not like w- hero worship yeah absolute power corrupts absolutely like that yeah. chestnut <laughs> like god the themes of messiah are just like so good and i wish that I'm actually I'm so mad that yeah. Villeneuve isn't adapting Messiah right away. He's doing a Cleopatra movie. I was literally, I saw the news and I literally checked the account to make sure it wasn't a parody one because yeah. I didn't want it. I was like, <laughs> please let this be fake. No, I don't. It's okay, Puff. He's making Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. Yeah, it's That's okay. A good it's thing. A, yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like literally. I because he talked about wanting to do Dune Messiah, but at yeah. the same time, like at the current state of Warner Brothers, I actually kind of don't blame him. Yeah, it's like it's exactly. like the knee jerk reaction is so no Dune Messiah breaks my phone, but like, <laughs> uh, 
I, I get yeah. like like with what's been going on over there. I honestly just don't blame him if he dips to another studio to make a different film and then comes yeah, back exactly. to it later. Even though it breaks sure. my heart because God, I just I need Dune Messiah to be adapted well. I need Children well, of Dune to be adapted well. I'd like yeah. all the Dune books to be adapted well, but I don't think God Emperor of Dune would translate very well. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, but that's the thing is like that. This is the series where like I was it was really starting to hit just how heady like Dune can be and like how difficult it would be to make these in yeah. medium. They're not impossible but they're super improbable when you really think about it. Like, and yeah, especially Warner brothers taking on Dune Messiah and children of Dune, they would not do it justice at this current point. Like, absolutely yeah, if, if it was done justice, it would be canceled. Right. Exactly. Um, because the version we got here is probably the version we'd also get with Warner brothers. Like, yeah. you know, kind of speed running through this, you know, cause like they don't, they, they don't want to, they upset people but like at the same time that's the point of dune it's supposed to be a little upsetting like yeah you know, like, like dude like it, it's like i get why people especially religious people could get like a knee-jerk reaction from dune because it's sure kind of like how do i put it it's pushing against a very core belief of a lot of a lot of religious like things yes very much so. because it's very much like a we're all human none of us are holy man should not play god and right. I feel like even in like, and when you're seeing like him as like a religious symbol and like interpreting him that way, once you get to Messiah, you get the rug swept out under you really quick and it makes people mad. Dude, yeah. like my dad talks, like even though my dad uh, has read every single Dune book, he he does not actually care for the direction that it went because my dad's a Christian and he wanted Dune to be a Jesus allegory when that mm. is not the case. And if anything is very much against the kind of shit that unfortunately my dad supports. Uh, so it's like literally like, it's a very humanist story. And if you're mm -hmm. approaching it from a, if you don't like recognize the fact that no, the Paul is human don't right. put the whole point is that this got he is a human that got pushed like this pushed on him and how it broke and destroyed him yeah and yeah, as exactly. well as like the universe that he existed in like the people who idolized him like yeah. it's it's and it does the same to alia and eventually the shit that Leto does, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Well, this this kind of ties into you know our uh, adaptation discussion throughout the, the series. It's like you know this kind of ties into like one of my biggest questions with this this Children of Dune series specifically, and that is why did they make it? Like you know, barring the whole like oh for money uh, excuse, like yeah. genuinely like thinking about it, like why am I like why am I watching it like what is the point you know like besides the fact that like the first dune series was a, su a success and they're like oh let's make the next uh story um and also yeah. like you know barring the idea that dune messiah and children of dune exist as books it's like oh well we have to make them adaptate we have to make them we have to adapt them into 
series similar to how we did the first book. It's like, okay, barring all of that in mind, what is the point of this series? Like, why are we watching these characters? Why are we watching? Like, why is this the story we're being told of these characters? You know, like, yeah. And yeah, it really pisses me off because like (laughs) they take out all, they take out all the why they just focus on plot beats and it takes out and take out all of like the fucking philosophy shit. And like, all of like what like basically all the purpose for those like books existing exactly and while the dune miniseries feels like it has love from the people who made it i don't get that from the children of dune miniseries it feels like it was made by someone who fundamentally misunderstood the books right exactly yeah because like none of the same charm is there like well, first of all, there's no funny hats. Yeah, um, not really. No. And yeah, as you were saying, like the costuming, especially on someone like Alia, like she does not look like uh, like a high ranking official, like especially like in the latter two episodes, she's now like taken Paul's place as like ruler of Dune, but she does not come across as ruler of Dune, you know, like it's she her costuming is so unimpressive. Um, that like I just don't really care. Yeah, there um, was like one dress even... that she wore that looked really fucking cheap, <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, like I, I can like don't get me wrong, like some of the material that they use for costumes in like uh, the Dune miniseries have a kind of like cheapness to them, but they don't like they feel like they fit. Mm-hmm. With like, because everything's so colorful and campy. Well, yeah. they they make everything less colorful, and like it feels like it's 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 a very brown series. It is. Well, and... like the Dune mini series had so much color to it. Uh, yeah. Like it had so much life, and this one like had no life at all. No, and you know what? The effects look much worse in this one than they did in the last one. And that's yeah. because they tried to make the lighting a little more serious. So then when the CGI lions from Ice Age show up, like <laughs> they look way less convincing than if like, you know, the actual lighting matched it. Like it's so bad the lighting on the like the CGI in this because it's a lot more obvious. And then you get when in the, when you get Leto running through the desert like fucking Roadrunner, it looks like yeah. the Flash from this year. Like, yeah, it's so, it's so bad. bad. And you know the thing is, like, he actually can like fucking swim through sand. I would have liked to see that. <laughs> that sounds so funny. Like, but yeah, no, like we can't have any fun in this. Yeah, series, we can't have. Apparently. Yeah, we can't have fun. But, no fun allowed. Yeah, God, <laughs> and like some of the shit like that they just do. Oh God, like. One of the biggest things that pisses me off about this adaptation is fucking... They make Leto and Gamina fucking incestuous in this. And it is not... And while, like, there is, like, a thing, like, in uh, the book where Leto has visions that he does end up marrying his sister, the reason why he does that is actually specifically so nobody can marry into the Atreides line, forcing it to... uh, Forcing, like... Like, basically, nobody can, like, inch their way into power other than Leto. But Leto right. can't even do anything with her. And it's literally just for political reasons. 
Because yeah, exactly. he, when he turns himself into a worm by wearing the sand trout skin, he like uh, doesn't have a penis anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Faradin is essentially, which oh, we forgot to talk about. We'll talk about the side plot. But like, basically, there is a character named Faradin who basically gets put as like a scribe to basically like keep the histories, and he. Mm-hmm. Is basically like, yo, uh, like later was like, yo, you're going to uh, sire Atreides heirs, but no one will know that it's you. Mm. And like, and uh, he ends up, uh, Leto ends up starting his own breeding program similar to the Bene Gesserits, but it's even more uh, comprehensive. Yeah. But well, see, like, just, that's you, like, that's like something in the books and they just get yeah. rid of it because no, we can't have Leto be evil. Like, no, he like, dude, Leto's doing like terrible shit to basically, um, basically to like decentralize everything again, making mm. people so, making things so stagnant that people yearn for chaos. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's fucked up. He's like Leto is like how do I put it? Leto is not a good person, but he's doing it for the right reason cuz he's sure. trying to avoid something even worse. Right. Yeah. This all sounds interesting. But they get to... rid of it because yeah. they don't give a shit about y- the know- philosophical themes of Dune in this. You know what they do with Leto in this series? Nothing. Nothing. Like, like, I don't know why he's turning into a worm. I don't know why he's marrying his sister. Like, none of this. Like, yeah, this was in the book. But, like, but like why is it here? Like, yeah, why? Like, like, I really hate when adaptations just, like, assume that you know shit, like, about, like, the thing. And mm. it's, like, you need to explain this, because otherwise you're not being a good movie. And honestly, I just think whoever, like, like I think some of it was, like, part of it is the writing, but I think, like, the directors have, like, an influence over things, too. And I 100% yeah. am, like, convinced, because this wasn't an issue... Wait, because wasn't the writer of this also the director of the last miniseries? If yeah, I remember so, so John Harrison wrote and directed the last miniseries all by himself. Like, he did the writing and he did the directing. Here, he just did the writing. Yeah, and um, I, I really just have a feeling the director just cut a bunch of that shit. Sure, yeah. Because, definitely. like, that, like, there were things that were kind of off with the uh, first one in terms of themes, but like it was still kind of there with this mm. one. It just was like, oh, I don't like these themes, which are like what makes this whole thing so interesting. So we're just going to like focus on the plots and like hope people don't notice. Like, well, be- the, the- and it takes away all of like what makes those books so good. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is that, He's writing a screenplay for a miniseries that's combining two books. Like, yeah, we're doing like, both Messiah and Children of Dune. Like, that could not have been easy to, like, kind of combine the two. So, like, he was kind of shit out of luck. No matter how much of a fan he is of the of the original yeah, stories. Honestly, they like, shouldn't have do done do? it as, like, three episodes. Uh, they probably just did it because the last one was three episodes. Because, like, my mm. Dune Messiah doesn't exactly have enough to... Um, how do I put it? It doesn't exactly have enough to like fill its own three episode miniseries. Okay. But at the same time, it was like way too much for just one episode. 
Right. It, and yeah, so, okay. like, I feel like if they had done two for each, um, if it was like a four episode miniseries, I feel like that could have fixed a lot of issues. Ideally, mm-hmm. they would have done three for Children of Dune, but Dune Messiah, I believe, is the shortest of the Dune books. So, okay. Like, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it makes sense why they shoved it all into one episode, but especially, I think they could have fit it into one episode if they didn't keep shoving Children of Dune shit into it. Yeah. yeah. And also, because- like, oh my god, like, the fucking, remember when they fucking, like, took an entire, airlifted an entire worm to another planet? So, yeah, that was like, well, that's one of the most memorable parts of the series because it's so stupid. Yeah, they don't do it in the book. They they get sand trout because sand trout are like basically the beginning of like a worm life cycle. Yeah. Like if like imagine them like tadpoles, but for worms, but they all like collect to make one giant worm. Imagine in the original Jurassic Park, Dennis Neiman was in charge of stealing a t-rex as opposed to stealing the fucking uh can of shaving cream with all the embryos in it like that's what he that's what this series does it just goes right for the fucking dinosaur it's like no the smarter thing to do would be a lot more subtle with it but it's like no we got to have a grand scene of them kidnapping a fucking worm and then it's like absolutely ridiculous it's i guess that comes back later but like not really because like it's not really told very well yeah because like um it does kind of come back it's kind of more of like a later thing though because Mm -hmm. uh you know, people don't want Arrakis to have, like, the fucking spice monopoly anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they just did not do a good job setting it up no. or explaining anything in this. Yeah, like, no, it's definitely not. I felt really bad watching it because I'm just sitting here, like, I don't know. I think, again, I think I was just really happy someone was even adapting it. Yeah. Because when I was watching this, like 90% of the time, my face was in my hands like, this is better in the book. And I was just like begging you guys to like, like the entire time. I was just like, guys, guys, I swear the books aren't this bad. The books aren't this bad. I promise it's so much better in the books. Well, yeah. Every time you were describing like something that happened in the book, like I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, let's talk about the fact that the Baron Harkonnen comes back in this series, even though he very much died in the last series. He comes back. Yeah, um, because because yeah. because he's the because Alia is so fucking powerful. Her memories of the Baron Harkonnen essentially resurrect him as like this genetic memory that only she can see. So she's like possessed by this like very real memory of the Baron Harkonnen. Like I know I'm probably not doing that. What yeah. actually happens justice by describing it that way, but because it's so fucking heady, like that's such a weird concept that like, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. Like, because articulate. yeah, let me try to explain a little bit like what genetic memories are a little bit better. So, sure. you know, like the spice trance with the Reverend mother, where the Reverend mother gains the memory of all previous Reverend mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like, in the Dune world, like, like your genes have, like, how do I put it? Like, your genes can connect you to your ancestors, essentially, if you, like, do the spice trance. And when you're right. born as an abomination, you are born with those memories already inside you. 
And right, that's exactly. right before you even like develop your own sense of self. So it's really easy to become what's called abomination and get possessed by one of those memories. Uh, in the case of uh, of Leto and Ganema, they also have those issues, but since they're not taking Spice as heavily as Alia is to try and recreate her brother's prescience, um, they uh, don't have the same issues. Although there is a scene in the book where um, Leto and Ganema play what's what they call the mother-father game, where they summon the genetic memories of their parents and have them have a conversation and Ganema mm. doesn't almost doesn't come back. Right. And then, and, and Leto like apologizes. It is like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I did not, I did not think you would, uh, this would happen and don't, we'll, we won't play this game ever again. Cause they right. used to play it a lot. Right, so, exactly. um, it really is like, interesting and they don't really explain it well at all with no, this series <laughs> like alia is like such a sad character because she's dealing with like all this that because basically for context sorry we we have not been explaining the plot very well and i know I like 90 percent of the people don't actually like know anything about messiah or children of dune but yeah. at the end of dune messiah chani gives birth to the two twins, the children of Dune, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um she dies and basically Paul gets so distressed from everything that he just walks into the fucking desert and to die. Because mm. yeah, we really have not been explaining the story very I mean, well because like, I've just been like I've just been talking about things. Yeah, so no, I am like, sorry for people who are just completely lost and don't understand what I'm talking about. But that's the frustrating thing with this series, though, is that, like, I don't even understand what happened because, like, it does such a terrible job at, like, explaining it. I will admit that maybe the fact that I was so lost is because I didn't have any previous adaptation to, like, judge it on. Like, even though I've been saying I try to judge these series in a vacuum, like, sometimes, like, it is hard to do that when I've seen previous versions already. So, like, this was a little harder for me to follow because I don't know the original Dune Messiah uh, story or the original Children of Dune story. But even with that said, the series does such a terrible job at giving me context, even if I, even though I'm going in completely blind, I have no, no idea what's happening. No, like, exactly. Like, even when it came to me, like, watching it, I'm just sitting here like, yeah. what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, even you're confused, and you know the context. Yeah, so, it's like, like I'm sitting here trying to explain it to you guys, but the way that they're doing it is like so, like it's just like it feels so different to what they were like, what the book was. That yeah. I'm just like, well, Jesse, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's so boring because like a lot of this, I mean, a lot of Dune, like from the versions I've seen, is people talking. Like it's not an action-oriented series, but like. It's still interesting when these people are talking, whereas yeah. here, it's nothing but people talking in, in such boring ways. And, oh, look, there's a scene where they kidnap a worm for no reason. Like, yeah. that, that's the series in my memory. Like, that's what that ser <laughs> the series is. They kidnapped talking, a worm. And then they kidnap a fucking worm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, yeah. 
it's so boring like i ge- i genuinely and again this is when i say i don't like this series i'm not saying like oh i hate children of dune as a story because i don't know children of dune of the yeah. story as a story because like i haven't read the books um honestly i wouldn't even blame you for like hating it just off of this honestly <laughs> well, it um, sounds interesting like it sounds like it sounds like frank herbert really just went balls to the wall with these sequel books um which i kind of respect like he was trying stuff and like it sounds like it was really interesting from the way you're describing it i just haven't seen them done well because because it's a fucking children of dune miniseries yeah. and it's so boring and like you know they're not wi- these filmmakers are not willing to really uh dive into the craziness that dune seems to be you know yeah and like that's why i'm so disappointed that i don't know if we'll ever get a dune messiah adaptation from villeneuve mm-hmm. and i don't know if we ever will like right. i really want one mm-hmm. like more than anything i really want like at least the first three books to be adapted because i feel like overall it's just a really good like trilogy and story that's really tragic and like thought-provoking and timely but it feels like every every person that tries to do it just doesn't do it right and like it doesn't feel like anybody even wants to touch it Uh, yeah because like yeah as you've been describing it like a lot of these things sound really cool on paper but like you know can they actually do it justice is the is the real question i think Um, i feel like if someone can make succession work they can they could make like messiah and children of dune work because it's not it's because it, at the end of the day it's really not about just oh people sitting around and talking because like what that's Oppenheimer you just have to sure. do it well and make it oh, compelling yeah. and that's what the books do right so yeah, there's like the no and like it's not like it's all in like Paul's thoughts like mm-hmm. he has like conversations with Chani about like that kind of shit like mm-hmm. you you could make a good adaptation of like the first three books, hands down. Sure. I I believe that with all mm. my heart. It's just people won't touch it, and no, I don't I mean, know. Like, I don't know why. It's scary. <laughs> like, like I, if anybody could do it right, I think Villeneuve could, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm so devastated because yeah. I really, I really, really want a good adaptation so people can actually know what's next because let's be real a lot of people aren't going to read a book like well yeah no that's that's like that's actually kind of why i love um there's a series of like a in-depth guide to dune by a channel called quinn's ideas that's actually Mm. how i first went through the dune series because uh i tend to not be a big reader myself i usually listen to audiobooks Mm -hmm. um and it's a, like a really in-depth summary that goes into like the themes and even like has excerpts of like the most iconic scenes. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend just looking if you like Dune, but you're a little intimidated by going through all those books to watch those videos because yeah. they do the books justice. Like it's not the same as reading them, like, but you're getting the you're getting the general experience sure. in a more condensed and um 
digestible way for us people who have short attention spans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, no, I, I'm sure I'll check those out at some point. Maybe I'll read Children of Dune and Dune Messiah someday. I don't know. Like, I definitely want to know more um, eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I, li- I do highly recommend reading the books yeah, if you haven't. Yeah, but I also like, understand books take time. That's yeah. why I like audiobooks. Like I can do shit while I'm listening to audiobooks. One of my favorite things to do is I'll like play Splatoon and have an audiobook in the background. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if there's any positives that can come out of this specific adaptation of Children of Dune, it's that okay, I can feel. I like hearing you like so frustrated while watching it. I'm like, okay, there's something special here. I just can't find it in this specific adaptation. So like, and I feel like that's, that sucks. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, it helps you to appreciate like what was there before, you know, like I still appreciate the first miniseries we watched. Yeah. Even though though I'm frustrated with children of Dune, I appreciate that it exists. I appreciate, I appreciate that someone even attempted to do it. Um, Mm. Because, like, a lot of people, even though it's, like, an unfortunate experience, uh, that's probably going to be a lot of, like, a fair amount of people's experience with the Dune sequels, Mm -hmm. at least they kind of get an idea of what it is, even though it's not, like, really the best idea. I mean, from what I saw from, like, some reviews, like, some people do like this. Yeah, some people do. When I originally watched it, I did like it, and I don't know why I did, but, like, I did. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think some of it just comes from the fact that people just are happy that it exists. Yeah. Um, it does some things right. It does a lot wrong, Mm -hmm. but in overall, like, I can understand why some people would have a soft spot for it regardless. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's totally fine. I disagree. I think, I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the asshole. Like, I'm going to be the complete asshole and say, I, honest to God, probably prefer the Lynch film over this series because like, really, I like I agree that like I think the Lynch film is a terrible adaptation of Dune. Um, You know, I'm going at this of what would I what what would I rather watch again? And that would be I would sooner watch the David Lynch film again over the honestly, I I kind of agree. I kind of Mm -hmm. agree because like. It, at least when it comes to the spice diver cut <laughs> yeah the spice but, diver cut uh in my case i feel like i feel like if you had asked me before we watched it together i would have been oh yeah i'm more than happy to watch it now that i've watched it after i've read the books i've mm-hmm. i've been like i would just rather watch the quinn's ideas videos mm-hmm. about yeah. uh the series and i'll get like a better experience than yeah. if i uh watched this well, that's the thing is like, at least with David Lynch's movie, like I got a lot of funny, bad moments out of that. Yeah. Whereas, like, this series, I didn't get a ton of funny, bad moments. Like, yeah, there it was sometimes like, we had fun pretty... making fun of it. Like there was that chili bowl guy. Who yeah. Had, like, <laughs> the chili bowl around his face. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know, just like nothing about it was funny bad to me like it was just kind of tedious to get through i'm glad i watched it i'm glad we watched through it together but like it's just not something that's really sticking in my mind um like like i said the most memorable parts to me are the scene when leto's running like a roadrunner throughout the desert and when they kidnap a worm yeah (laughs) like 
but they're not like they're, those are not like highly esteemed hilarious scenes to me like i just remember them because well something was happening in those scenes as opposed to every other scene where nothing was happening yeah i yeah i was not a fan of this but again so like it it it, it is what it is like that's the risk of watching new things sometimes you're not going to like things I'm totally fine with the fact that we watched it. I'm glad we watched it. Just yeah, so that I could, same. Like, get an idea of like, you know, different versions of the Dune miniseries experience. Um, I mean, we we literally Duned for a week. We were doing yeah, all we week. Were, like, we were, that, yeah, it, it, it was, it was part great. of it. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was great. I, I had I had so much fun like sharing these with you oh, guys yeah. because like, uh, well, Children of Dune was something I discovered as an adult. Uh, again, like the Dune miniseries was like. Yeah. my childhood like thing so it's like yeah and it was like one of those things i like just like nobody but me <laughs> seems to know about yeah so i i will say i do have the the children of dune miniseries on dvd it's a less than impressive looking dvd because like literally so like the special edition of the frank herbert's dune is like this it's kind of like a book like you can like go through like the pages of discs like that's really cool here, the Children of Dune miniseries is just a standard DVD case. Uh, yeah. And then the, the, the poster on the front, like the cover of it is just, it's just awful. Like it's it's James McAvoy's face, like taking up the majority of the uh, poster. And like you get some floating heads of like Susan Sarandon and Alec Newman. But like, and also I'm just noticing James McAvoy's name is not on the cover and yet his face is the biggest one out of all of them. It's like, huh? <laughs> like, I get that Like, this was made at a time when James McAvoy was not the as big a name as he is now. Like, because this was 2003. This predates, like, X-Men First Class and Chronicles of Narnia and stuff like that. But apparently he still gets, like, the biggest head out of all of them. I... I but he doesn't get like top billing. I, I don't know, man. It's yeah. this is a very weird DVD. Um, but I'm not keeping it in the collection. This is not this is not something I, I want to keep. I so. don't blame you. Yeah, and whether I probably will never watch this series again. I just I do not care. Um, I like I said, I will gladly watch the regular Dune miniseries. Like yeah. that, I would I would love to watch that again. But Children of Dune, if I ever consume children of dune or dune messiah it would either be through the books or through the 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 videos you recommended or maybe maybe someday they'll actually make it a faithful adaptation i I, I every day i pray that there is a god and that god really likes dune messiah you pray to the worm god <laughs> yeah uh blessed be shy halud yeah. <laughs> bless the maker and his waters <laughs> <laughs> well puff is there anything else you have to say about children of dune uh it's it's i feel like everything that i've said about it like i feel like we skipped over a ton of shit but like honestly like I don't think people want me to just do a point by point recap of like the no. series in no. this. And so I'm so I'm just gonna apologize if you feel lost and you're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Watch the videos I've recommended and yeah, you'll you'll, you'll get you'll get the general idea of like yeah. why I'm frustrated. 
Yeah, watch the videos. If you're genuinely curious, I guess check out the series because they're also uploaded to YouTube. But yeah. you're really not, un- unless you're like a massive Dune head. But even then, like Puff's a massive Dune head and they got also nothing out of this I series. feel like, I feel like, like, well, when I first watched it, I did get something out of it. And I honestly okay. feel like if you're a huge Dune head, you should just watch it regardless. Because what, what, you've already watched sure. the David Lynch Dune. You might as well go all the yeah, way. So you know like, sure. yeah. So <laughs> like, if you're like, but if you're like a casual like fan of Dune and you're like, you, they're like, oh, I liked the miniseries and I think that's neat. I, but you're not like, oh my God, I fucking love Dune uh like i wouldn't recommend checking it out it's yeah you're not going to get what you should be getting out of it yeah well the good news is we at least did one episode this year in 2023 on a couple of series uh which is good i that's something i kind of want to do moving forward is like have at least one episode per year beyond like a couple of series because last year i did stranger things um and so this year we did the dune mini series yay good for us uh good job (laughs) um i think that's gonna do it today though puff because we don't really have any more dune things to talk about uh Uh, yeah not until march not until march at the very least uh that's when we'll get to the villeneuve films Um, yay yeah i'm looking forward to those well i I really i i I am looking forward to dune part two so bad i mean we haven't seen dune part two maybe it'll be a gigantic piece of shit we don't i doubt it i doubt it like dude i have full faith in it like i like there's with how good the first part was even though it's Mm -hmm. very like bare bones and like it's so weird but we'll get to it but like um at the same time like i have full faith that he's going to do it justice and that's going to be very good um and if it's three hours long i'll be i'll be fine just give us an intermission please yeah just let let me dune for three hours let me let me dune for three hours and then get but give me like 15 minutes to dune my business (laughs) yeah exactly so but that's in that's in the future. But yeah. <laughs> right now, Puff, please shout out your stuff. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at one tough puff. Um, I also have a YouTube channel where I make music and shit. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't actually do media analysis as a main thing. Uh, yeah. I'm like, well, that's it? why you're here. That's why. That's why you're on this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes. This is this that's is my ho- this is this analysis. is my hobby because I'm too yeah. lazy to make video essays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, links will be in the yeah. description. Links will be in the description. Yeah. Well, thank you, Puff, for making me Dune all week. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Thank you for uh, actually watching this. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad we watched through these. I'm glad we Duned. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, thank you, the listener, for listening to this podcast. If you want to support the show, give a like, give a comment. Listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. That's fine, too. doesn't matter. But yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, please watch Stripper Magician. Uh, yes. Please, for the love of God, look up Stripper Magician. God, God I'll bless even, Stripper Magician. I'll even play Stripper Magician as the outro song right now. I won't Let's play go. my usual outro song. Let, all right, Stripper Magician now. Stripper Magician, a wonderful addition to parties and funerals, also police suspicion. I think there's something shiny behind your ear. I can also make your daughter's virginity disappear. Take a look at my magic stick. It makes dreams come true with just one lick. Click. Pulling out these scarves like I pull out of your daughter. I'm a magic man, a real Harry Potter.